Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Arcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... gotta do what a baby's gotta do this week we are talking about rugrats the second in the triumvirate of the nicktoons that we've covered for this show we previously did ren and stimpy and uh that leaves this one and at some point we're gonna have to do doug but we'll uh we'll save that for another day i'm really excited to talk about this um uh, it was fun to revisit this as a parent now having two children of my own so uh, I'm I'm really excited that we have a, a great guest on who suggested this topic. He is a writer, a comedian, and the host of the House of House podcast. You can find his good works at andrewtaven.com. Please welcome Andrew Taven. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Andrew, uh, tell me why you wanted to focus on Rugrats today because uh, it was I've not gone back to this in a while. It was a pleasure to revisit. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while either. I grew up, this was, you know, we were a real uh, Nicktoons household. And I think until SpongeBob came out, um, Rugrats was probably, as like, a, you know, as a little kid, like one of my favorite shows. Um, I think SpongeBob displaced it a bit where before I got super into, so my dad, we used, we watched The Simpsons. It was, my dad would watch like every episode, and we were allowed to watch it. We weren't allowed to watch Friends. I had a friend who wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons, but he was allowed to watch Friends. You know, parents just come up with whatever. I mean, it's really what the parents watch, right? If they watch right. something, they think it's okay or not okay. But um, I think that, you know, I, one of the first things I think of, just because we uh, know each other through, we're both uh, listeners and supporters of the uh, Duck Feed podcast network, and I've heard one of the – Hosts Gary will occasionally refer to like Rugrats humor, like very derisively. And so I, I hadn't seen it in a while, but whenever I'd hear him say that, I was always thinking like, man, as a kid, I really liked Rugrats. And uh, going back, I definitely there is a decent amount of like, oh, it's uh, instead of saying you know, uh, I mean in this one for example, in like one of the ones that you chose like the meaning of Hanukkah instead of the meaning of Hanukkah. Or just like I'm trying to think, there was one example that really stuck out to me where you're like, ah, oh, it's 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 as someone might say a little cringeworthy to watch as an adult, where you're like, oh, these are like such ridiculous kind of uh, miss baby misspeakings, where it just feels very forced at times. Um, but I do think that there is still a lot of um, you know a, a bit more interesting humor to look back at like i i mean i remember it wasn't in one of these episodes but i still remember one of the uh jokes 
that's clearly, you know, there for the a little something for the adults uh, when it's <laughs> in the room. But uh, where they say like, to, oh, you left the kids with grandpa. The man slept through Pearl Harbor. And he goes, I sounded the alarm as soon as I woke up, which is like, you know, that's fun. There was one in where like, you know, it cuts to outside because I there's some family fight or something. And you see it goes through like fall, the leaves come down and snow and then it melts and it's spring and then the sun's out. And then uh, Drew or whatever comes to the door and he's like, wow, crazy weather this week, huh? And that's like, I mean, that's pra- that's almost like ripped off from a Simpsons joke. Like when they do one of the jokes with like, you know, Abrams and flipping all the pages and the c- clock goes by. Zucker. Okay, great. Abrams and Zucker. Are the I mean, that's the creators of Airplane. But whatever they say are the two biggest gossips in town. Like the, oh, you know, fake out time pass joke. Simpsons has done like at least four versions of those. So there, there is stuff I think that's more for adults. So it was interesting revisiting it and seeing if there was anything that hold up from a show that I enjoyed a lot when I was like, I don't know, six. Yeah. I mean, you, well, it's interesting. You mentioned the Simpsons because the team that, of course, uh, yeah. Klasky Supo, I think is how you pronounce it. uh, That team worked on the very early season. I think the first season of the Simpsons. Um, Yeah. I, I think it was only the first season, but yeah, it's, um, Back when, I mean, I have a certain affection, I think, for that, you know, kind of uglier, quote-unquote uglier. I mean, I think it looks better than a lot of the modern, really smoothed-out kind of uh, everything sort of looks like it could be a commercial animation to some degree. Not to, uh, not to, you know, there's some really cool, it's always weird when there's so much stuff out there. There's some not so great looking animation to me. There's also the most beautiful animation that's ever existed on, you know, some Paramount Plus straight to streaming shit. There's so much stuff out there, I'm sure. So, right. I, I you know, my nostalgic memories of Rugrats, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what, uh, when were you born? I was born in 1991. Okay. So I'm born in 1980. So we have very different, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, frames of reference for this show. So I was 11 when this came out. And, it came out alongside the other two Nicktoons, which I must admit grabbed me more, um, partially because Ren and Stimpy is fucking wild. And, uh, you know, go yeah. back to our episode on that. That was my favorite. And then because, you know, I was an 11-year-old named Doug. Uh, there you go. It, it was going to have to work r- real hard to not be up there for me. Um, so so Rugrats, you know, took the bronze, but that's not to denigrate it. It was just, That's just how it ranked for me um, because it wasn't a bad show. And I always enjoyed watching it. And I think that was a testament to the quality of the show, really, because when you're a kid, there's probably nothing worse than being told you're a baby or you're acting like a baby. Like, that's for babies. And so to do an entire show that was about babies and still have it be kind of compelling um, was pretty impressive. And this animation house, uh, I mean, I know they had done commercials in the past. They worked on this. They also worked on Doug. And they would go on to do other stuff. And, like, you know they're capable of adult shit because they eventually went on to do Duckman, which I want to do an episode about as well. That is much more adult uh, than this. Um, But there is that that feeling that you get from this sort of weird animation. I I read, uh, you know, one of the animators talked about, you know, we we didn't want to make the babies cute. We wanted to make them look weird. And mission accomplished. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they're, uh, when you really look at them, I mean, you kind of get used to it. But, like, I don't know, just Tommy in particular is, like, very off-putting. He's, like, gangly, and he's got, like, you know, I mean, I, to some degree, all babies have kind of old man head. But he's got, like, you know, this, uh, it's not quite, like, Arnold, hey, Arnold uh, shape. But he's got, you know, pretty uh, uh, smushy head shape. They didn't put, they, they were probably supposed to give him one of those uh, little baby helmets they give to the babies who have the wrong shaped heads and i guess they just didn't have that back then yeah and like phil and lil have very beady eyes that are kind of creepy yeah Uh, but i i noticed that like i think from the baby's perspective on the show you know it feels like the adults are aliens a little bit yeah and i think from like the audience perspective the babies also there's like a there's some kind of distance between you and them like they're not quite human themselves you know they're sort of weird uh yeah i mean i think the i think a couple things thinking about what was appealing to me i mean one is that i think i was very much that sort of like very imaginative kid i mean everyone i don't know why i'm acting like this is unique you know how uh most kids are uh really boring and just read um uh manuals for electric sanders well i like mm-hmm. to imagine i was in a magical world so i was pretty unique um but like i legit like would i mean this is maybe a little embarrassing to admit but i don't know this was when i was like younger than 10 like i would like legit like i don't know i would think about like i played a lot of nintendo you know as a nintendo kid and uh i mean starting with game boy and then uh, the handhelds and then you know had gamecube um that was a little later but i would like you know i don't know we'd go to like a museum or something or we'd go to like a you know some family trip or to colonial williamsburg whatever and i think of it like oh i like imagining is like oh this is like a location and like what if this museum was like a zelda dungeon or something and just sort of overlaying this other you know fantasy on top of the reality at the same time was just something I kind of did. And to, and I think that sort of resonates with me. The other thing is, I mean, I was born in New York, but we actually grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina and then Memphis, Tennessee and seeing a very Jewish character, both the holiday specials, but then of like their grandparents, Boris and Minka, who like Boris reminds me so much of my late grandfather that like, it's very funny that there was, you know, some controversy, I think when he came out that was like, Oh, is this an anti-Semitic caricature or something? It's like, no, that's just my grandpa. Like, I don't like it's, uh, there's a joke and, and, you know, and there's a joke in the Passover episode where, um, he goes, Oh, have you seen the Kinderlach? And she says, oh, they're in the fridge. Uh, and he goes, no, the Kinderlach, not the Kinderlach, which is just, I mean, that's not just for like an adult. That's for like a Yiddish speaking adult. That's for like probably whoever. 1% got. of the population, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a tiny, you know, number of people. There's one in the, uh, I didn't know this until I saw Reddit. Uh, I read back to it. There's a, um, in the Hanukkah episode, in one of the, you know, the flashbacks, I mean, whatever the story that implies that the babies were remembering actually being in ancient Judea. But one of the, there's like a store with Moel, which is, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, like the person who performs the circumcision spelled out in Hebrew. Uh, so clearly getting past the censors, I guess, you know, assuming that'd be an issue. And then it says uh cut rate deal or something on the front of it, which is like, I mean, you know, it's not quite, 
uh, Chuck Sneed and formerly Chucks or whatever Sneed and Feed from the Simpsons uh, sneaky joke. But that's like that's a pretty uh, adult joke snuck in, you know, to this kids kids show. And again, an adult joke for specifically you know Jews who yeah, you know, oh. we are a small we are a small uh, but mighty chunk of the population. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, that certainly resonated with me. Like there, there were no, no Jewish characters on TV that were like this, where, you know, it's mostly it's in way in the background. It's not mentioned at all, except when you see, like you said, Boris and Minka, who are very, very Yiddish in the way they talk. Um, but yeah, you get those Passover and Hanukkah episodes where they're like, yeah, we're just going to tell this story because yeah. to- Tommy Pickles and, and his cousin Angelica are Jewish. So, well, you know, Tommy is angelica i mean not, half, I'm, right uh no i mean okay so i'm not gonna gatekeep anyone because i i growing up very much i grew up uh religious and there was very much the like well if you're uh um you know if your dad's jewish then it doesn't count at all if your mom's jewish you're fully jewish i don't personally feel that way i think obviously it's you know an ethno-religious thing everyone i i'm not gatekeeping anyone in this specific instance I only mention it because Drew is Stu's brother. Right. Stu is not Jewish. Drew is married to um God, I forget the name of Angelica's mom, the high power. Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte, who I don't know if they say one way or another, but I'm pretty sure is not. Um she's certainly coded as kind of like a waspy, high powered uh executive lady. So neither of Angelica's parents are Jewish. Um, I, if, if that's how she uh, chooses to identify herself because she has that heritage, you know, through marriage, I'm not judging her. I don't, you know, I didn't see the all grown up episode where uh, she wants a, I don't know, I'm, I'm making this up, but they, I, you could imagine one where she wants a bat mitzvah or something because she's jealous of someone else and oh like, yeah for sure she wants she would want a bat mitzvah if she was a hundred percent not jewish i mean she would want quinceanera if she gets right. presents yeah exactly yeah so i yeah tommy is and you know dill then but technically you know not the other babies don't have that heritage they also had i mean it, it's very interesting when you think about Net, the way that people talk, not to make it like too much about this, where they go like, oh, nowadays there's so much forced diversity and they try and pack all this extra diversity and everything. And you look at a show like Rugrats and I mean, they would say the same thing about it now, but for but there was, I think, less of a culture war thing about like, yes, obviously other issues were, you know, if they had a gay baby on the Rugrats, people would have fucking lost their minds and burnt down nick studios orlando or whatever but like you know they were like oh hey here's uh we hey here's a black baby and she and they are gonna celebrate kwanzaa in this episode and uh oh you know what we don't why don't we have a kimmy is uh i don't know if they ever clarified but uh, vietnamese or whatever and now that's He's marrying and, you know, we, we, there's so many kinds of people out in the world. We should show kids all of them. And there was just like, maybe I'm misremembering. And like I said, people got certainly worked up about other stuff. But I feel like that was just sort of the expectation that you would have these diverse. And not to say that so it was perfect or, but like it just was sort of been, it was just sort of like, yeah, you're going to have a, a diverse cast of babies or try and have more and teach kids about stuff. Cause like, why not? That's interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're talking about there's a very 
different uh, culture between now and, and the 90s. But like yeah. Yeah, in the 90s, it would have been like, oh, something different. How interesting. And now it's like, oh, this shit again. Yeah. Weirdos. And like, it, yeah. you know, it's awful because uh, we live in nightmare times. Yeah. But like sort of getting back just to, to the like the core of Rugrats, which is really, you know, this kids say the darndest thing stuff about them yeah. misunderstanding the world. I think at the time I thought like, oh, well, you know, that's it's cute and all that, you know, they're they, like you said, there's lots of malapropisms and they're confused about yeah. what things are. Now that I've had two kids, that shit tracks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a good point. Um, you know, they they do that stuff. All the time they're you know, they're constantly asking me, especially, you know, my four year old at this point, a lot of like, you know, he asked me nothing but etymology questions that I just cannot answer. Huh. Why is this called a that? Mm, I have oh, no idea why that's the word for it. Probably some some uh, part of Europe invaded another part of Europe and their yeah. words got mushed together. <laughs> that's why. But I don't actually know. Uh, so it's, it, that is how they experience the world. It's a, it's a lot of misunderstandings for them. And it is a confusing, strange place. Yeah, there's a um, man. I wish I could remember now. That I'm trying to think. There's a uh, ugh, I can't. I'm blanking on it. But there's some instance that I remember reading about recently where like there's, and it's weird that I can't remember because it's a super common phrase. But it's like the only instance where it's used this way. Okay, I'm not gonna like ramble about something I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, I I think that's probably a big reason why my parents did. You know, more so than a lot of other shows. I think they could watch it with us. I mean, we went to go see the movie. They wouldn't have dropped us off alone. Like, I'm sure for the kind of stuff, you know, we're, oh, we made them take us to see the Pokemon movie or the Power Rangers. I mean, my Zadie was one who took me to see the Power Rangers movie. I mean, that kind of stuff, I think. Was that's probably... Grandpa for you going out there. Yes, that's Grandpa. <laughs> I think that it was probably unwatchable for them, that stuff. But the Rugrats movie, I feel like, was probably like, all right, well – this is something, you know, I mean, it's funny because they, one of the episodes that we uh, reviewed is where they go to the movies and the parents take the kids to see, like, the, the sad bears in Happy Land or whatever, you know, it is. And the the whole thing with Grandpa, I think, being sort of the voice of the parents going like, oh, this garbage, like, this is so, I can't believe I'm sitting here watching this. And kind of, fun, I think, humorously, the other parents, the, the rest of the parents are all, like, transfixed by it. That is absolutely yeah. true to life because, like, I, again, as a parent, I am called upon to watch a lot of kids' media. Yeah. And, yeah, some of it is, like, unwatchable garbage for sure. But, like, lately our house has been way obsessed with Gravity Falls. Oh, yeah. And that's – I mean, that's a great show. Like, it is, I watched yeah. – I, I watched most of Gra- – I don't think I've seen it all. But I watched, like, most of Gravity Falls, like, in my, I don't know, sophomore year of college, I think. Because it's just – like, it's not, you know, obviously, they're, they're, it's not like, you know, you're watching Rick and Morty where they're just going to be like, burp, summer, uh, my dick's uh, stuck in a wall or whatever, because mm-hmm. it is meant to be watched by kids, but it's uh, it's just good. Like, it's just a good, funny show, and I, I yeah, this is the kind of thing, and you could probably weigh in on this, but I, I feel, because my, my dream would be, you know, if and when we have kids to kind of because my understanding i know i mean from interacting you know i've interacted with kids quite a lot and that i know they they want to watch the same things over and over again and i have this probably delusion that you can kind of steer them towards something tolerable because it does feel weird where kids will like something 
uh, almost regardless of quality a lot of the time. So it almost feels like, like you said, they'd watch Gravity Falls, and sometimes they'd also watch something, and you'd be like, this is bad. Like, why? Like, can't, because it, it takes a while. And I, and I do remember growing up having to hit a certain point where I think I just literally, like, I, I used to watch, like, when I was, like, seven, like, a little old for it. Like, I'd, I'd watch, like, Blue's Clues or whatever. I'd watch, like, but then, like, Rugrats. I'd watch, like, anything. And then, like, I think it takes a certain level of development before you kind of start realizing some things are good and some things are bad. I, I, like, I kind of, like, I remember when I started thinking, like, oh, that movie was bad. Like, just before, like, I saw a movie, you know? I mean, I do remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, you're you're right. Uh, I'm smiling and nodding here because you, to some degree, you can nudge them towards things. Yeah. But if they don't want to watch something, like, they, they will freak the fuck out. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. They're like, no, please don't make me watch this thing. Um, and and to a kid, like from what I can tell, from from they obviously they can't discern great storytelling from bad storytelling. Sure. They'll be compelled by it. They won't know why. Yeah, yeah. But like the the, the only sin that re- they really care about is something is either scary or it's boring. Yeah, yeah. One of those two things will send them. They're like, nope, I don't want it. It's you know, I don't want to watch this. It's dumb. It's boring. Even if it's something that I know is very very good. Sure. And sure. It's like, damn it! Can we just watch Back to the Future or The Goonies? Yeah. You're gonna love this. No, I like, promise. No, you, it's Irishman, bad. The Irishman isn't just another gangster film. It all comes together. It's about Scorsese dealing with mortality <laughs> and aging. It's only three and a half hours. Just sit down. Yeah. So it is hard to do that, and and that. So in that episode where where the Rugrats go to the movies. Like yeah, it's fun to watch the parents like become enraptured in this was sort of like a Care Bears type yeah. movie that they're watching, uh, and the kids are all off trying to find a Reptar movie, which is their this world's facsimile of Godzilla. Yeah, to to watch instead, and they just keep getting into hijinks as they wander through the theater and like you know wreck all of the concessions and and the projectors and stuff. We haven't really talked about the characters too much. Um, do you have a oh, character yeah. out of this group that is uh, a favorite? I mean, I think Tommy was always my favorite. Part of it, I think, was him, you know, being Jewish. So, the people repaired their temple, but the Greeks had left only enough oil to burn in the menorah for one night. But they lit the menorah anyway. What are we gonna do? It'll take eight days to make more oil. What they needed was a miracle. Yeah, a miracle, whatever that is. That's when something good happens that you thought could never happen. Well, that'll never happen. Growing up in the South, you just don't... It it, it felt like... I mean, we actually lived, because we were religious, we lived among uh, the Jewish community in Charlotte, which is pretty small. I mean, it's like 50% Lubavitchers by volume who all ended up, like, moving there because, like, one was sent by the Rebbe, and then, like, the Rebbe died. And Well, if you believe that. And then um, they all, like... A bunch got sent there, and then they married. So there's like five Lubavitch families in Charlotte, uh, which is a larger amount than you would you normally have serving a community of that size. Uh, and there was a school there we went to that was run by Lubavitch. And so I think I definitely most related to him. I do – one reason I chose the uh, Flowers for Algernon 
episode where Chucky gets the ability to smell um, is because I always think of that episode like in particular if I have like a cold or something and if I sort of uh, if you for me a lot of times you know when I'm starting to recover during the day I might actually feel better and then like it starts to get to the evening and I feel like I'm like oh no it's <laughs> it's happening yeah so that's that's one thing I think about I also because it's that episode is seared in my brain because the part where Chucky sneezes and the foley of that kid getting like soldier ants biting his ass hmm. uh that like crunch sound is like is there's you know a is just absolutely locked into place in my brain as just one of those like things I remember. You mentioned Ren and Stimpy. One reason I, I remember I'd watch a little Ren and Stimpy, but I might have been too young for it. I remember there's one where one of them gets their skin pulled off, and I could never I, – I like I was like, this is too much for me. I can't. I can't do this. One episode um, where they get their skin pulled well, off. One, I, one? Well, and then I stopped, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, you should see the one where Ren gets his teeth pulled out. Jesus Christ. That, I mean, that's, that's some just, body it's, horror. It's the kind of thing that, yeah, I, uh, I just can't, I can't manage with that. But um, do you have a do you have a preferred baby from either you know when you watch it occasionally or from just watching it now? Uh, I I think probably Chucky Fenster yeah uh, would be the one I gravitated towards the most because he was you know he was the nerd yeah um, he was the Freddy cat like I felt like he had a lot like a much more distinctive personality in some ways than yeah. some of the others so I I really liked him I, I like his voice actor uh, Christine Cavanaugh. Yeah, um, who's great. yeah? She was in so much stuff uh, that I watched at the time. Like, there's a couple uh, alums here from Darkwing Duck. She's one of them. She plays Goslin on that show, uh, Darkwing mm. Duck's daughter. And so, like, her voice is uh, absolutely you know unmistakable. The second you hear it, it's like, oh yeah, that voice was probably in twenty different cartoons I watched as a yeah. kid. She's so great. I mean, certain people. It is something that kind of. I mean, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I don't want to talk too much because it bums me out. I think I want to talk too much about it. I, I sort of am just like, well, I will see what happens, I guess, with like a lot of the – they. I don't even like the term AI because it's not – it's very weird to – I know it's a marketing thing. It's very weird to label a technology that takes a bunch of voice samples and then uses predictive – uh, processing to create a facsimile of a voice and call it like artificial intelligence. It's a very weird way. It's like a, a robo parrot. Like, I mean, that's, it's like a robo parrot. It's weird that you'd look at a parrot and be like, wow, I look at this and I think intelligent. Like, um, but it, it kind of bums me out to think that like, I, I don't, I don't think in the near future we're going to be like, oh, you know, they're going to a lot of like the big hype, hype, really high on their own supply, like AI trying to get people to invest bros are like, oh, you won't even need to pay actors or movies or anything. You won't need any. It'll just be like 
infinite entertainment forever. It just it could already do it. Look at yeah, Seinfeld and whatever. Um, and I think it, it, it's it's kind of a real bummer to me that it does feel like there is a decent chance that within my lifetime, a lot of animated shows might just have generated voices. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's, I mean, to some degree, I don't think it's going to go away entirely because I think that there are, uh, people who will just say, oh, I'm not going to watch that show. And there'll be a selling point of certain things to say, no, no, we have real voice actors, you know? Um, but it's, uh, it's a, it's kind of a real bummer to me to think about like, yeah, you could see these great voices and to know that like. That might be something that's going to just be so different or, like, almost gone. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. I also, part of me is a little, I I just don't want to give myself, like, false hope because a lot of the stuff just, it, it just bums me out more than anything else. But part of me does think they were saying that about, like, self-driving cars, like, a decade ago. They were, like, five years out, all self-driving, and they are like, oh, this is harder than we thought. It's always that, like, last 5% where I feel like it's going to get to a point where someone's going to try and do the all-AI cartoon show, and they're going to be like, this is more trouble than just using voice actors Yeah, um, I think the end the, of the, the day. Yeah, yeah, I think the Nicktoons are a great argument against that, all three of yeah. them. Yeah. Because the voice acting across the board for Doug, uh, Rugrats, and Red and Stimpy is so good, uh, and you you can synthesize a voice, you can make it sound like a certain person, but there's certain levels of inflection, choice, and comedic timing that you just can't yeah. teach a machine. And so I think there will be cartoons that use it, but it's going to be real, real cheap crap for babies. Yeah, because, that's probably yeah, true. I can't imagine any uh, any kid being that compelled by um, – they're just not going to laugh. It's not going to be funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I – I do think that, yeah, I mean, you look at even the best stuff, and yes, I know, I mean, it's it's sort of like part of it when people talk about, like, to some degree it is going so fast, although I saw something interesting, and who knows, but that said that by assuming everything continues at the pace it is, uh, at least something like ChatGPT will have um, read everything by, like, 2026, because the um the speed at which they can and who knows what'll happen i guess because people are like oh but then they'll just generate new training content it's like but that's where i think you probably start to end up with something less interesting right because yeah they can make new stuff i don't know let's not i don't know enough about this to be honest and i know that i'm so i know i brought it up so i don't mean i don't mean to be like but I, i know i'm so biased towards like kind of really wanting it to turn out that's like the self-driving car thing where it's gonna be like oh it turns out that last five percent really matters um but anyway the uh these ep- so i don't know should we get into some of the episodes sure we can talk about some of the individual episodes you picked we, or we, was there we, something else you want to touch on no first? no i think that, that that's fine we, sh- we should move on to some of these um so let's we sort of touched on the uh the at the movies episode already yeah uh, so that that's a good place to start uh, yeah, that one, because it starts out, right, Tommy sees Reptar, and that's, like, a kind of a good example, he's like, well, well, he actually says, he does say Reptar correctly, and he's telling the other babies about it, and how exciting it is, um, and he's said, you know, he's, 
he's much more articulate to his parents than like almost ever is where he goes rubber and they're like yeah rubber let's go with the movies i i wonder if a little bit of it with the parents being so absorbed is it's probably i think this was will probably been too soon but looking at it now it kind of feels a little bit like a joke on like disney adults where you have like these adults who are like enraptured by this like stupid Care Bears cartoon and they're acting like oh this is like the best uh thing ever um I like the uh I like the the joke that's at the end of it for whatever where the kids like screw up they they mess up the um the concessions and everything gets all mixed up and as like they're they're leaving you overhear like a snooty sounding guy go Oh, that theater's popcorn tasted like Coca-Cola or soda pop mm-hmm. or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's fun. Um, that feels like a fun, like, a real joke. Like, I don't know. I think part of the thing that people will sometimes be like, oh, it's just the babies doing baby talk. But, like, there, there's jokes in there, too. Like, you know, whichever non-union writer uh, storyboarder they had doing, mm-hmm. um, adding those in. Uh, yeah, it's also interesting – Godzilla, but in a sort of cultural, uh, just kind of like a cultural, like Godzilla exists sort of way, where I feel like even back then there was so much less, there was, there was so much more diversity almost in the kinds of different big action things right like now it just feels like everything's and i know this is not an original thought right but like everything's marvel or dc or whatever or star wars and back then like when people try and say like well it was always big blockbusters and you're like i don't know it's a little different when you think of like oh godzilla this franchise that was you know a japanese uh franchise from the 50s and jaws and indiana jones i know those are both Spielberg or Lucas what and then also Star Wars and then like a couple superhero things and then um you had it's almost like when they go through and they're looking at the different screens trying to find Reptar it almost feels a little bit like you're like no see there were like seven different things that showed in theaters instead of kind of just two yeah, you're you're coming off here in 1991 too about like some of the best years in the history of movies like at yeah. 88 through 91 92 three corridor uh, is just some of the most fun stuff ever put on screen, but they do treat Reptar sort of the way that, yeah, you'd expect them to treat, treat it as if it was the MCU or, or yeah. uh, star Wars today, where it's like, this is the biggest entertainment thing out there. And it's Godzilla, which is like, Godzilla is fine. You know, I don't have anything against it, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's what's so interesting. Cause it is like, it's kind of an inherently niche thing to some degree. Like, People like Godzilla is almost so much more of like a cultural osmosis thing. Like I feel like everyone has seen so many parodies, especially in like Nick. I mean, growing up, that's one of those things you realize when you're like, how much of your notion of culture is formed by like the cartoons you watch growing up. I knew so much about the aesthetics of Godzilla because of stuff like Reptar, because of stuff like I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a Looney Tunes or something where you have the little people running and like the mismatched dubbing voice. Like, oh no, it is Godzilla, run away or whatever, making fun of like messed up dubbing. 
I'd never seen a messed up dubbed Godzilla movie. I never saw a Godzilla movie. I knew about Godzilla because I I've saw still like, never seen one. I also have not. I've heard Shin Godzilla is pretty good, but I, um, I, I, yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I've, I've, there's, uh, someone who did, I remember this website, a friend showed me like a Tumblr or something back in like, I don't know, 2011 called the Godzilla remix project because, mm-hmm. um, for the 1998 Godzilla, which is the one where he just looks like a stupid dinosaur. The Matthew um, Broderick one. Yeah. Oh man. So green day released a version of brain stew that just has the Godzilla roar edited in. <laughs> As, like, okay. part of the soundtrack. And so someone just edited the Godzilla roar into, like, different songs and called it the Godzilla Remix Project. And I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, haha, this is cute. This is, like, a fun idea. Someone's, you know, in the heyday of fucking uh, uh, variations on a theme Tumblr. Um, and, you know, and now it's variations on a theme Twitter, and who knows what'll happen when that finishes uh, imploding. But um, I'm like... It's interesting that I was like, oh, this is fun. I can appreciate this, despite never having seen a Godzilla movie at all. I was just like, yeah, I know what Godzilla is. It's a big monster, and he roars, and this is funny because they're putting the monster roar in. Like, you know, I watched um, Pacific Rim when it came out, and I enjoyed it, and I'd never seen a kaiju movie, but I was like, yeah. I mean, I'd seen anime, but I don't think I even watched too many uh like one with the kaiju like yeah it's just a very interesting thing where i'm trying to think and now i guess i you know other stuff like the same way i thought like a souffle if you were too loud new air souffle it would collapse because that's like a thing that happens in cartoons or you know quicksand uh just all these things that were totally introduced via cartoons and I was like, yeah, quicksand, you know, that's a thing. Um, You're not supposed to move in it. If you move, it gets worse. What a weird – it's not like they taught us that in school. We have quicksand safety courses. (laughs) Like that's just something (laughs) – it's fascinating. Yeah, you know, I – this has come up on this podcast a lot because we're – it's about revisiting stuff from when you were young, uh, especially cartoons. And anything that's real genre-heavy – I realize a lot of it was like cartoons were almost these training wheels. Yeah. Of like, okay. You know, like a couple episodes ago, we did a, a, a we did an episode on Fallen Angels, which is this noir uh, anthology series, which is pretty cool. Um, and my experience with noir before getting you know in seeing adult versions of things, yeah. the actual like you know, uh, you know the Maltese Falcon and the Big Sleep and that stuff was seeing cartoon characters put on a fedora and act like Humphrey Bogart. And you know, and that's true for noir, it was true for sci-fi, it was true for horror. Like all of these different genres I was getting filtered versions of through cartoon parodies that like when you saw the real thing it felt like, okay, I already know all the tropes. I can yeah. I can I can uh, I can truck with this. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's wild. It's just like, I mean, one of the examples that's always the funniest to me, and in retrospect, you're like, oh, of course, that makes sense. But I never thought about it. Is that everyone thinks, oh, rabbits, they like to eat carrots. Carrots aren't good for rabbits. They don't like it. The reason why Bugs has a carrot, you assume as a kid, I think, you're like, oh, 
rabbits must like carrots. That's why Bugs has a carrot. It's because he's doing like a Groucho Marx cigar thing with it all the time. Right, and he can't have a cigar. Yeah, so he just has a carrot, and you're like, that's so nuts to me to be like, oh, there was no associate. Or the other crazy one is that the whole reason why Nimrod, like I remember as a kid, you see like you hear about, I mean, Hebrew, it's Nimrod, but you see like Nimrod, you're like, oh my God, there was a guy named Nimrod. Uh, That means idiot. The reason why Nimrod means idiot to a lot of people is because Bugs sarcastically called Elmer Fudd Nimrod. Be like, oh, look at you, great hunter. Like, oh, Nimrod. Same way you call someone Einstein when you're like sarcastically. He called him Nimrod, and a bunch of kids who didn't even know what was referencing were just like, oh, that must just mean idiot. That must be a word for idiot. Which is funny. I mean, you could imagine if Einstein wasn't so much better known, you could almost imagine a context where if someone had used it sarcastically, uh, you know, if kids had just only known it from Star Fox 64 or whatever, mm-hmm. hearing Falco say it, then they'd be like, oh, Einstein, that must mean idiot. <laughs> Speaking of, um, I don't know, if there's, is there anything else you want to talk about for the uh, the movie one? Uh, no, no. I, actually, I was going to say maybe this is a good segue into um, the, oh, gosh, the nightmare one. Um, the Angelica's Baby. Angelica's Baby. Yeah, yeah, that one. Listen, I'm glad you're here. You can watch your brother while we go call the newspapers and tell them we've got the greatest baby in the world. So you're the new baby, huh? That's right. I'm the new baby. I'm the new baby and you're the old baby, see? And you better get something straight right off the bat. There ain't room in this house for the both of us. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know babies can't talk. Charlotte, you're right. It'll be perfect for the new baby. Oh, by the way, we're moving the new baby into your room and giving him all your toys. Huh? Hey, what are you doing here, sister? I thought I told you to scram. Ooh, <laughs> I warned you to get out, but you wouldn't listen. Now I'm going to have to teach you a lesson. <laughs> you had your chance. Yeah, that one is fascinating to me a lot. Of so that's one that definitely left an impression on me as a kid. That freaked me out. Um, the the big baby, her, you know, she has a nightmare about her p- potential baby brother, and that's one where there's a lot for me. I think to dig in with that one, aside from that being real creepy. So you know, she finds out right that her they they do like the kid version of a pregnancy test you can do right where her mom is holding a test tube and goes it turned blue it means we're having a baby and they so angelica of course is worried about that they have a joke i like i like when uh shows play you know play around with like classic sitcom tropes or whatever where angelica says you know oh i have a friend um I no, my friend, sorry, is having a baby brother and my friend, I mean me, and my me and my friend, and she says it and you know, the typical sitcom trope is that the person you're talking to goes, Well, I think your friend should try to feel a little better about this or whatever. But Tommy just goes, Yeah, that is tough. Good thing it's not happening to you. Which like <laughs> that could be a Simpsons joke. I mean that could be like that's like I mean it may have even been. That's like playing on um a trope you know of a a classic sitcom trope and subverting it in a funny way um 
and the and then you know they of course um the, her aunt dd Dee Dee says oh i heard your parents are having a baby and tommy goes you know oh wow now it is you know whatever they they, they overplay it a little maybe but like that's that's fun and and for a lot of kids i mean it is sort of interesting because like you i mean you probably saw another show maybe that had a character who pulls the oh my friend is this but like i don't know maybe not they're subverting that trope and it could easily be the first time a kid watching it has heard of that you know has has seen that trope in action um i'm sure tv tropes has a uh fucking has a stupid um tv tropes my friend has a problem it's probably called that let's see <laughs> okay yeah i have this friend and uh i'm sure it's got you know a real uh tv tropes oh it probably goes all the way back to like the honeymooners or something it's, yeah you know, that, that's been around forever and you're right like it that that is a great moment of like it's undercutting that trope and this show like you said will will surprise you by doing that here and there you, you it does present as being you know for babies but this kind of stuff, you know, the, one thing I noticed about animators uh, is that they, they are very astute students of genre and tropes. And I think they have fun using the medium of animation to try and like play with that sandbox. And this episode is a great example of that. Like when they get into the actual like nightmare portion of it, when Angelica is freaking out. Uh, you know about this anxiety what, what is really just an expression of her anxiety over possibly having a sibling um they let the animators kind of run wild and do what they want like if, for a show yeah. that already looks sort of weird this gets into territory that they would revisit later in something like ah real monsters mm -hmm. yeah i mean it yeah absolutely um and that was that was on the maybe i was, I was a little older that was on the right side of scary for me where i enjoyed uh i enjoyed that one god did monsters uh did Monsters Inc. rip off our real monsters a little bit? I, I think. Well, I don't think they intentionally did it. No, but it's I mean it's very it's much. Those, yeah. yeah, it's very much a similar concept of like, hey, the monsters under your bed have uh, a life of their own. Yeah. Uh, outside of scaring you, and like I actually put that on for my son recently because he likes Halloweenish things. He sure, likes monstery sure. things. So he kept saying he wanted to watch monsters. I'm like, okay, I'll show you that show, Our Real yeah. Monsters. He complained and complained, but watched like a good like two solid episodes of it despite complaining that he supposedly didn't like it um but while it was on like my wife turned to me and was like did this come before monsters inc or after monsters inc? <laughs> like before we, so we yeah. had the exact same thought because um, yeah it's a monster school it's more like monsters university actually than it is like monsters inc but yeah that's true it is funny when kids when kids will just be like you know i want to watch uh you know dragon you're like uh, okay uh, just a, 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 a noun. Um, I mean, my, my, uh, my niece accidentally, we were just, uh, I was visiting my sister and her niece was just playing around with the remote and managed to put on the woman King on Netflix. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, she, her niece is, uh, a little over a year old. It's just, I just look over and it's just a, you know. The year is 1780, whatever. The kingdom of Dahomey is under siege from the, uh, you know, the uh, whatever empire. Um, the other thing in this one, so they, they have, uh, 
a couple a couple interesting things. One, and this is like such a cinema sins ding or whatever, like or or comic book guy. Like, are we meant to believe they have like Drew? She he's distracted at one point because he's like, oh, how are we gonna make this? I got to figure out. We're gonna have to budget more. And I'm like, I don't know if this is del- if this is maybe some attempt to be a deliberate comment on like the pay gap or something. But you're like, there. Her mom is like her dad works also. Her mom is like a high-powered executive who's like got her own top office and flies off to Singapore for meetings. Yeah, she even has a cell phone in 1991. Yeah, just and you're like, are they just paying her like 10 percent of what they're paying a male exec? It seems a little odd. I don't know if they just want him to be stressed. And you know, oh, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to make some cutbacks. And it's like, what are you? What? What's the point of working this much in a 1993 job or whatever in the Clinton boom years? And you're like, can barely get along, get by with a second kid, and you have this high-powered corporate job and an assistant you get to boss around. And I'm like, what? What is that? <laughs> what? What? It's a little. It clashes a little. I know it's just one scene, but I'm like, I would assume. That like, especially compared to like the uh, the Pickleses, who I don't even remember if Dee Dee works and Stu is like a f- struggling inventor, and somehow they're paying their mortgage. I so, was like, just gonna bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Like, Drew, Drew, uh, is it? Stu? I, I can never remember Stu and Drew, but like, Stu, yeah, Stu Pickles. Uh, I need to get a jingle for this podcast. It's like every time a, a wacky inventor shows up. Yeah. Because holy shit, I think we've come across over the course of the twenty some odd twenty seven episodes we've done. There's been at least like ten or eleven wacky inventors <laughs> here and there. It, it in in the Chucky uh, congested episode, it's kind of funny because he his like stupid invention is a solar powered lawnmower, which partially feels like very of its time. When it's it's very interesting when you look at kind of the popular conception of the future and tech inventions. And I feel like some of the stuff where they were like, oh, flying cars, oh, you know, uh, a pill that inflates into food and all this stuff, um, how much of it was, like, wrong? And then how much of the stuff that they, like, were like, ugh, solar power, that's for losers. And now it's, like, one of the most efficient, affordable forms of energy. And you look and you're like... Even back then, a solar-powered lawnmower would probably make sense. Like, they have to, like, make it be like, oh, but the sun's out too much. It'll go crazy. But, like, <laughs> you're outside when you're mowing the lawn. It probably doesn't need that much power. I bet that that would make sense. Um, I mean, now, I, I, you know, the joke there is Chucky's dad goes, well, why wouldn't you just push it? Or why can't you just have a push mower? Which... I mean, that feels so dated. No one uses a push mower anymore. But, like, solar-powered lawn feel, lawnmower feels like it makes the most sense. But they have to be like, oh, what a crazy invention. Uh, it is It is part of it is that no one knew how cheap solar panels would become. Because back then, it's, you know, this it's 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 so cheap now that it doesn't make sense not to. But, uh, yeah, this one, they – so they need to cut back, apparently. And, you know, she has a conversation with her mom where she's like, I don't think we should have a baby right now. And she's like – no, we are. Uh, and she calls that, like, psychiatrist, the, like, Colin Frazier or whatever. Uh, I, I do like the joke of her of him telling her correctly, like, you have to understand that you're not the center of the world and other people exist too and they need to do this. And she throws out the TV. 
I mean, that's, you know, again, that's a, a, a sore Simpsons essay of like, stupid TV, why aren't you being funny? Right, right. It is that same joke. I just, you know, you, you meant we should talk about that Chucky getting uh, his nose fixed episode, which is interesting in that it implies that like, oh, no wonder he sounds like that. He is actually stuffed up yeah. 99% of the time. He's like terminally congested. Like he has a congenital nasal anomaly that he's, <laughs> he's like, you know, really suffering in every episode to a degree that you don't appreciate, I guess. Before the uh, before we jump to that one though, or to another one, I do mm-hmm. want to say that the way that the the Angelica one ends is is a little wild because they seem to imply so either it's it's not totally clear whether it was just a chemical pregnancy or whether she miscarried, but they, but they find out they go oh we're actually not gonna have a baby and they're like sad and she goes back to her room and she's like yes. I went to the doctor this morning, and it turns out I'm not going to have a baby after all. You mean I'm not going to have a little brother or sister? Well, not right now. Gee, that's too bad, Mommy. I was just starting to think it would be nice to have a little baby around. I'm sorry, Angelica. Yes! And that's... It's a little nuts to me that they're like they just put in like her it ends with her celebrating that her mother obviously she isn't aware of it but like as a parent you see that and you're like you know uh again it's a i mean if you want to be all again cinema sins comic book guy ding presumably if they're telling other people it probably means she miscarried if it was a chemical pregnancy it probably would have been before when they would start telling other people because they'd want to be sure you know, obviously they could. I mean, it's it's they're telling uh, she's telling her sister in law. It's not like she's like sending out notices to everyone. But um, I I mean, I don't I can't say I don't know if you, I mean, you would have the experience in this. I'd imagine you probably hold off on telling a potential sibling until it's past the point where it might be a chemical pregnancy, because, you know, I imagine you want to be pretty sure that's happening before you know you get them all riled up about however they're going to feel about that so oh yeah yeah especially with the kid is young so angelica is supposed to be three yeah and like you know our our kids are three years apart so we had to have that conversation with my daughter when she was three that you know, she was going to have a little brother and you know we definitely were like we want to make sure we wait long enough because yeah. it's going to be very hard to explain you know, if if we miscarry or this, you know, falls through for you know whatever reason, uh, to try and backpedal that, I'm like, oh, guess what? Yeah. You're not having a sibling. You know, for for a three year old, that's a lot to take in. But Angelica, of course, not written like a real three year old. She no, is, uh, yeah, she's. I mean, that's know. they they also never quite explain. I guess this is probably why the uh, perennial oh, Angelica's you know, the other ones are dead. They're all. Uh, you know, that's like the, the the number one example of like stupid TV tropes, uh, online, whatever theory is. Oh, all the babies are dead and jokes only one alive. I guess maybe the reason that arose is because the show doesn't really engage with the uh, reality of so she should be able to be like a baby interpreter. Like she knows what's – she can talk to babies and she knows – What's wrong? Like in in and they don't do you know in the wild thornberries or whatever. Um, Eliza is keeps it a secret deliberately, I think, because she's worried. I think because she can't. 
I forget what it is. If they tell her that she, if like the spirit or whatever it is that told her, told her that she can't, or if she's just worried they'll study her in a lab or whatever. It's a, it's a just, it's wild. It's kind of wild. They're like, yeah, she, uh, this is a scene where her mom found out she miscarried, presumably, and uh, they just have her being all excited about it. I, they, it is a yeah. little subversive because you think. You do think that the genuine ending is going to be her saying, wow, and I was kind of getting excited for it. And you're like, oh, she learned a lesson. But no, she didn't at all. She goes back to her room and she's psyched. Yeah, she's 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 pretty rotten on most yeah. levels. Uh, and you're right. Like they, they don't lay down exactly, you know, how the rules work in terms of are, are the babies talking fluently and the adults can't hear it. Or is it that they're speaking baby language to each other and they're it's just coming through to the audience as English so we understand it? And it's sort yeah. of like, it doesn't really matter. They they talk when the adults aren't really around or noticing and they have their adventures. Like, it's, this is not one of those shows that needs to stand up to that level of scrutiny. Yeah. Um, they, they can keep things kind of fluid. And yeah, Angelica walks between both, right? She can talk to the babies and she can talk to the adults and that's just how it is. It doesn't need yeah. any more explanation than that. Uh, so yeah, let's. We should uh, round down uh, towards the end here. So I think it, this is a good time to maybe talk about the Passover episode. I thought that'd be a good yeah. place to end uh, because the, the you know I, I mean I know that there were things in there that it, it suggested that the Pickleses were Jewish, uh, and certainly that you know Boris and Minka you know acting very Jewish. I recognize that as you know um, you know stereotypical Jew Yiddish accents and stuff. But this episode laid it out ex- explicitly. Like yes, it is Passover. They are celebrating this holiday and. We are going to do our version of the Ten Commandments in 15 minutes. Ah, this is the life. My way, slaves! Anything you say, your royal fairness. Just then, Pharaoh saw something in the bulrushes. Hey, what's that in the bulrushes? Slaves, paddle me over there. Hi, I'm Moses. Pleased to meet you. I'm Pharaoh. I run this place. Where are you from, Moses? Uh, up the river, I guess. Hmm. Well, come on, I'll show you around. And so Pharaoh took Moses to the royal palace and showed to him all the riches of the kingdom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really like it. It's, it's, they, very, they do a very adept job at condensing that story and fitting it into the Rugrats world. Yeah, it's also, um, uh, you know, they have the whole thing with them being locked in and with Stu having to, like, lead uh, part of the Seder. Uh, you know, don't lock the door or don't close the door. That also uh, lives in my head. But um, I, it, it's, it's, I think it's, it's not just that the, uh, it's not just that you know, oh, they have an episode on Passover, or whatever. I think there's, it, it's seeing specific aspects of like tradition, like seeing a seder portrayed, where growing up. It's something I experienced. I experienced every year. It's something that to me, even though, you know, I'm not really religious anymore, it's something that's so important to me culturally that I think, you know, going forwards, I'd want uh, kids to have like a part of that, you know, maybe a shorter version. But it's funny because they have in the Hanukkah one, you know, uh, Angelica just wants to see the Christmas specials or whatever. And it feels like pretty meaningful to be to be like, oh, I've not seen someone address this thing in my life. And 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 to think that, you know, I know some people still do kind of Christmas culturally. We didn't at all, and we didn't do 
Halloween at all. We would stay home and just give out candy to people who showed up. I mean, we did Thanksgiving, but that's pretty uh, irreligious. I mean, a lot of people would say that Christmas and at least especially like Halloween or, you know, or even Valentine's Day, whatever, like all pretty irreligious now. But I, I don't know. I think it's it's obviously a lot of people from different backgrounds can understand it. But I think it's it's tough to fully understand what it's like to not be a part of the overarching culture to some degree you know right i mean we always consider us like we consider ourselves american and we celebrate independence day and fourth july and thanksgiving but it's it's there's really something special to a kid about being able to see that and like i would want kids you know to them i mean i'm not sure which would be the most i don't think like a a Ramadan Rugrats would probably be appropriate, but like, I don't know, eat all fodder. I'm sure there's a, a most appropriate ceremony here, you know. Uh, I, I just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool, was a cool thing to have as a kid. And I'd want, you know, I'd want people to have that. And um, it, it, it's, it's always, you know, when people, we talked about that before, and people talk about the like diversity, you know, forced diversity, this and that arguments. It's, like, even more ridiculous when you're talking about it with, like, kids, right? Because you're like, no, it's just good. It's positive because your kids will meet other types of people and they should have some sense that not everyone is like them. They will do better in the world. Even from, like, a selfish perspective, they will better be able to navigate the world if they are aware that there are other types of people. I I had a joke in stand up that I should I could maybe revisit. Uh, but sort of get mixed results, not the strongest one. But when I was younger, I would sometimes have people say, you know, in the, the South, growing up, people would be. So you know, I know you Jesus isn't your Messiah, but what do you think of him? Which I said is weird because that's like someone saying, so what do you think of my uncle? No, no, no. You must have an opinion. He's very important to me. Right? Like, right. the idea that someone would just be like, I don't have strong feelings. Like, it was very funny. Like, we weren't, you know, I I, I just didn't have, I wasn't like, oh, I'm so upset that we can't celebrate Christmas. Or, oh, Jesus seems so cool. I just didn't have strong feelings about this stuff. And and I think if you, you, you the more you can see other types of people, the more you can understand, like, oh, everyone has a different perspective. And I don't know. I I think I would have been into like other kinds of uh, cultural stuff being shown. So I don't know how much it had an impact. People who didn't have this connection, if they saw that, they were like, you know, if if some kid growing up in Idaho now gets to have the same connection as someone going to a uh, public school in Far Rockaway or something. Um, but I don't know. It's neat. It was neat to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's neat uh, to me, too, uh, to be sort of seen in that way and to be represented on TV. Um, I was 13 when this came out. This would have been 1993. So this yeah. would have been the year I got bar mitzvahed. Mm. It would have been the year that Schindler's List came out. Mm. It would have been the year that I actually took a trip to Russia. And I'll never forget that, uh, you know, while on the trip, my mom was like, oh, well, we would like to see if there are synagogues we could go see yeah. while we're here. And the tour guide basically was like, uh-uh. Don't do it. Uh, not not to be mean to us, but to be protective. Yeah. And, you know, those kind of ex- very formative experiences in my young Jewish life 
to turn on Rugrats and see, you know, what these normally very kind of this very light, fluffy show about babies having misunderstandings about, you know, what machines are and how they work. Um, to have this episode where they sit down as a family and tell this story and it's not presented, it's not, you know, this is not weird. It's not hyper comedic. It's not any, it's just, it just is. They're just having a Seder. Yeah. Uh, so it just presented very straightforward. And, and also that the most boring part of the Seder, which is Stu just going like, okay, uh, this is the parsley. We do yeah, this yeah, with yeah. the, right. That gives way to the grandpa Boris having everybody just enraptured by the story of Passover. It's like, this is what it's about. This is about passing on this tradition, uh, this, this, uh, this moment in time from our heritage and why it's so important and impactful today. And, and you watch that kind of a transition happen from, from the elders to the kids. And uh, it was just, this is really impactful and something just sort of uniquely special about this show that made it feel like, yes, being a kid, even if you're not a baby, is still very weird and alienating all the time. Uh, and it's okay to, to feel adrift that way because eventually, you know, with the help of caring adults, you are going to make your way uh, to where you need to be. Yeah. Andrew, any, uh, any final thoughts on, on why you think Rugrats has endured? Because ha- we haven't even talked about, you know, the, there's spinoff series and a reboot now like it's, it, and movies. Like, it, it's, it has endured. And, and what do you think it is about this show that makes it endure? You know, I think it's uh, – I think part of it is that it's it's pretty well pitched for kids and adults can tolerate it, like I said. Um, I mean part of it's just the fact that the people who grew up with it are now – you know, it's part of the nostalgia cycle, which is a little – it's got its ups and downs, right? I mean, you know, I uh, have a friend who was writing on the, um, the new Rugrats. I actually haven't – on the chance to check it out i'm not sure how it is by it you know i i'd definitely be curious to see uh, it's funny because they did they did the movies which i watch and it is a little you know uh, i mean it doesn't make sense to really talk about jumping the shark or whatever but like you get to the point where like oh the first movie they're lost in the woods right which is a pretty high stakes thing for oh yeah okay you know normally they get lost they go on adventures like oh this one they're lost in the woods there has to be a search party like Tommy gets a new baby brother. That's huge. Those are all huge stakes. I still love the song from that one. Take me there. I want to go there. You can watch that uh, uh, music video where they're all dancing around the, uh, the Rugrats house. And then in two, they're like, all right, well, they're going to France. And not only are they lost in France, which in and of itself would be a pretty, I think, would be raising the stakes. But they are uh, end up fighting in the mechs, like a reptar <laughs> mech and a snail mech. And you're like, that's pretty wild to put these babies in, but okay. And uh, yeah, and then they did All Grown Up, which uh, I did like, which, which, you know, I mean, the smart thing about that, I guess, was that they realized, well, they did a special, which was interesting because you're like, oh, what would they be like as a little older and then they turned into a show and it and to some degree it's a little silly because the whole point is that they're babies and so it's a little weird to be like well what if they were not babies but i i think probably one reason it worked as well as it did is because the people who grew up who were little kids when they were kids are now around that age and they're like oh i can kind of relate to the stuff that they're going through now um and, uh, you know, there's just, 
I think there's a real character to it. The Klasky Kuzpo, I mean, you see it in like the Passover episode and everything where there are these, you know, it's this immigrant family and they're coming at something with a certain perspective and a certain uh, approach. And and there's, I think all the the characters in it are, are pretty distinct kind of types and it, and it manages to incorporate a lot of uh, stuff that you appreciate more when you're an adult. You see, you know, the Dr. Lipschitz, who uh, the kind of parenting guru and his advice and uh, just stuff that that you don't fully appreciate until you're like, OK, you know, this is it feels kind of timeless and it also feels very much like what it would be like maybe being a young parent in the night in the early nineties, uh, at the end of history, right. Raising these babies. Well, cool. Andrew, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been a, a real treat to revisit the show, which I probably haven't watched since, you know, the early nineties whack when it was on, um, where can people find you if they want to find you? Yeah. So definitely go to andrewtaven.com. That's, uh, all A N D R E W T as in tiger, A V I N as in Nancy. Uh, you can see where I'm doing shows and other projects. You can also listen to the house of house podcast as a house rewatch podcast. We are, uh, getting towards the end of season two. Lots of very fun stuff there. Cause it is a bonkers show and, uh, we got some great guests we've had on. And uh, you could also listen to Sound Snacks, which is uh, spelled with a Z instead of the last S. And that is an audio sketch show um, that I co-wrote with Casey Turgeson. And that is uh, – it's got some great voices of people like uh, Alex Edelman, Sarah Hartshorn, Griffin Newman. For anyone who likes Blank Check, you can listen to him on there. And, uh, yeah, it's four episodes. They're each like 15 minutes. You could listen to it all real quick after this podcast go do it um thank you for having me and you know oh. social media all andrew taven all one word cool well i i appreciate you coming on again and uh, please go check all that stuff out uh to do a quick bit of admin on our side if you like this show do what you do when you like a podcast uh rate it highly tell your friends and uh, uh, also, uh, if you have feedback on this episode or some of our other episodes that are recent, uh, I admit I'm recording this one and another real close together, so I'm not sure which one comes out first. So you either just heard our episode where we uh, did our top 10 Beatles songs or you're about to hear our Beatles revisit. Uh, we also recently did that one on Fallen Angels, uh, DuckTales, Saved by the Bell, My So-Called Life uh, we just did. So if you have feedback on any of that stuff or our upcoming episodes, which uh, include... Um, Oh, gosh. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. We're going to do, uh, we're talking about doing Batman 89, which will be awesome. If you have thoughts on those, tweet them to at NostalgiumPod on Twitter or find us on Instagram at NostalgiumArcanum and message us there. And uh, until next time, that is one more entry in the Nostalgium Arcanum. Crossing the freeway, base jumping off a cliff and dodging bullets in a gang war, we finally found my reptile doll! Tommy! What are you doing in the street? Oh, thank God. They've been lost for hours. Where were they? Stu, a word. What the f***, Stu? Well, I'm sorry. The babies escaped and I... Escaped? They're babies, you sackless moron! I was downstairs working on a new toy and they just... Oh! A new toy! Never mind then!
Katie, if you keep ridiculing my work, I, I swear to God. What? You'll hit me? Ooh, you're such a man. Katie, stop. Oh, I'll be the man. Ah. Ah. Did you? Ah. The man. I want a divorce. <laughs>